Jennifer, you said earlier that thinking about the leftists, you said you said something like you're not sure they ever believed it. Like the, it was sort of this mm. um, this kind of virtue signaling. It, it, it became a sort of empty, hollow shell. They didn't actually care about people. They cared about looking like they were virtuous in some way. Um, um, why? I think they think they care. Yeah. I, it's why, all very confusing. Why do you? Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, well, agree. I know it is. Yeah, but why? Why would you? I mean, do you think? I think you said I don't think they ever really believed it or something like that. And why? Why would you say that? Because when the rubber hit the road and it mattered to stand up for vulnerable populations, they didn't yeah. do it. They cowered uh-huh. at home and ordered their Uber Eats and their Netflix, Ugh. and they yelled at anyone who didn't want to stay home forever. And the people that suffered were the most vulnerable populations, the people who lived paycheck to paycheck, the people who had to leave their children at home because they worked hourly jobs. They didn't care. I think ultimately most people care more about fitting in than doing the right. This is Garrison Hardy with your cross politic daily news brief for Thursday, January 26, 2023. And that was the former Levi's chief marketing officer, Jennifer Say, in our backstage portal. If you want access to our backstage content, you know what to do. Head on over to fightlaughfeast.com to get yourself a club membership. Again, that's fightlaughfeast.com. Idaho massacre suspect had job interview with same police department that aided in his arrest. A new development here in the story. This one hits close to home here for us at Cross Politic. Brian Koberger, the 28-year-old Ph.D. criminology student suspected of murdering four University of Idaho students in November, reportedly met with the police chief of the same department that helped track him across the country, ultimately leading to his arrest. According to the New York Times, the Washington State University student met with the Pullman Police Chief Gary Jenkins on April 12, 2022. According to emails, the publication obtained. Hours after the meeting, Koberger followed up with Jenkins, writing, quote, It was a great pleasure to meet you, meet with you today and share my thoughts and excitement regarding the researchers' assistantship for public safety. The publication reported that the accused killer was looking to land a three-year research assistant position in public safety, which was being offered through WSU's doctorate program. Inside Edition reported that the job description posted by the school stated that the purpose of these positions is to support each agency through data management and analysis and position them in for success when they seek external funding. End quote. It is currently unknown if Koberger landed the position. It is also unclear if the research role is the same position referred in Koberger's probable cause affidavit, which claims that he wrote an essay when he applied for an internship with the Pullman Police Department in the fall of 2022. According to the affidavit, Koberger had an interest in assisting rural law enforcement agencies with how to better collect and analyze technical data in public safety operations. Brutal stabbing murders of Madison Mogan, age 21, Kaylee Goncalves, age 21, Zaina Kernodal, age 20, and Ethan Chapin, age 20. All students of the University of Idaho led law enforcement on a cross-country chase all the way to Koberger's hometown in Pennsylvania, According to the Post-Millennial, it was the Pullman Police Department that collaborated with federal law enforcement in tracking the suspect after he left Moscow, Idaho. Moving on, we're going to stay here in Idaho, though. Hate crime hoax. 
Idaho police say white power graffiti on high school created by rival Hispanic gangs. An Idaho police department determined that white power graffiti found at a local high school was not an act of hate, but an act of intimidation between two rival Hispanic criminal street gangs. At this time, detectives no longer believe the incident to be motivated by hate, but rather an act of intimidation between two rival Hispanic criminal street gangs from Caldwell, the Caldwell Police Department said on Facebook. Detectives are basing this off of evidence, video, and other factors discovered in the course of the investigation. The words white power were found spray-painted on the side of Caldwell High School last Thursday, two days after the high school held a Brown Pride protest. The Idaho Statesman reported the Tuesday protest was held in support of a student who was told to remove a hooded sweatshirt reading Brown Pride because other people reportedly found it racist, the outlet reported. School officials reportedly compared the phrase to a white pride shirt, according to the student who was told to remove the shirt, Brenda Hernandez. She ultimately turned the hoodie inside out, so the phrase could not be seen while it was on school property. Caldwell High School Principal Anita Wilson said that at the time the school has a strict dress code compared to other school districts because Caldwell has had gang problems before and Brown Pride is associated with gangs. After the graffiti was found Thursday, the police chief denounced what at the time appeared to be an act of hate, saying, quote, We will not tolerate hate in our city and will ensure that whoever is responsible for this will be held accountable for their actions, end quote. On Friday, police provided an update that the graffiti vandalism is believed to be a diversion tactic used by one of the Hispanic gangs in the area to avoid being caught by police and was possibly done to exploit the recent protest at Caldwell High School. Police posted screenshots of surveillance footage from the night the school was vandalized showing individuals wearing black masks and hoodies standing near a wall while holding what appears to be spray paint. Police said they believe two groups of four people or a total of eight suspects arrived in two separate cars on Thursday to graffiti the school. Caldwell Chief of Police Rex Ingram lauded his department for its investigation and vowed to track down those responsible. A police spokesperson further clarified to Fox News Digital Monday that the department believes the vandalism is gang-related as it is consistent with gang activity. We've identified the tagging as consistent with gangs in the area, the spokesperson added, and that the department has additional evidence, but it's not releasing the details of the investigation is ongoing. Convenient timing. Pelosi sold $3 million of Google stock weeks before DOJ launched antitrust probe. Representative Nancy Pelosi of California and her multimillionaire husband sold up to $3 million in shares of Google in recent weeks just before the Biden Justice Department launched an antitrust probe of the tech giant. Paul Pelosi sold 30,000 shares of Google from December 20th to December 28th, according to a financial disclosure filing the former House Speaker submitted to the House Ethics Committee. The Pelosi's made an undisclosed profit from the investments, according to the filing. The trade proved timely. As on Monday, the Justice Department and attorneys general from eight states, including California, sued Google over its monopoly of the digital ad market. The lawsuit could force Google to break up its online ad business, which generated nearly $55 billion in revenue for the company in most recent quarter. Google's stock has dropped around 6% since the Justice Department announced the lawsuit. The trades are the latest in a string of questionable transactions for Paul and Nancy. They saved roughly $600,000 in June 
June by selling shares of microchip maker Invita weeks before the U.S. government placed restrictions on the company's business in China and Russia. The Pelosi's have seen their fortune grow $140 million since 2008, thanks largely to Paul Pelosi's stock trades, according to a Washington Free Beacon analysis. Pelosi's stock market charades have sparked calls for tougher regulations on members of Congress cashing in on their positions of power. Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri on Tuesday introduced the Preventing Elected Leaders from Owning Securities and Investments Act, the Pelosi Act, to prohibit members of Congress and their spouses from owning or trading individual stocks. Moving on, let's head overseas as the U.S. joins Germany in sending tanks to Ukraine as Biden hails a united effort. Joe Biden has approved sending 31 M1 Abrams tanks to Ukraine, a significant escalation in U.S. effort to counter Russian aggression as international reluctance to send tanks to the battlefront falls away. The reversal of the U.S.'s previously previously held position came after Germany confirmed it will make 14 of its Leopard 2A6 tanks available for Ukraine's war effort effort and give partner countries its permission to re-export after other battle tanks to aid Kiev. By agreeing, agreeing to send the Abrams, the U.S. is able to meet the demand of the German Chancellor Olaf Scholz for an American commitment, but without having to send the tanks immediately. Biden added, quote, We remain united and determined as ever in our conviction and our cause. These tanks are further evidence of our enduring, unflagging commitment to Ukraine, and our confidence is in the skill of the Ukrainian forces, end quote. Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky applauded Biden for the powerful decision to provide Abrams, declaring on Twitter that the free world is as united as ever before. Earlier, the president had spoken by phone with President Emmanuel Marcon of France, Scholz of Germany, Prime Minister Giorgia Meloni of Italy, and Prime Minister Rishi Sunak of Britain, Biden said. Germany has really stepped up. The Chancellor has been a strong, strong voice for unity, end quote. In public statements, Washington and Berlin had denied any connection between their respective decisions on tanks, although media reports said German officials had made clear in private that the Leopards were conditional on the U.S. making a similar commitment. Commitment. Moving on from the battlefront to a spiritual battlefront. Only a minority of parents emphasize passing on their faith to children. This from Christianity Today. While mental health concerns top the list of worries for parents today, and studies suggest religion is good for mental health, passing on their religious beliefs to their children is not highly prioritized by U.S. adults with children younger than 18, new data from the Pew Research Center shows. Across racial and ethnic lines, overwhelming majorities of U.S. adults with children younger than 18 believe being a parent is either one of the most important aspects aspects of who they are or as a person. But when it comes to prioritizing the passing on of their faith to their children, white evangelicals and black Protestants are the only two Christian groups where a majority of parents prioritize this. Quote, parents place less importance on their children growing up to have religious or political beliefs that are similar to their own. About a third, or 35%, say it is extremely or very important to them that their children share their religious beliefs, and 16% say the same about their children's political beliefs. Pew researchers Rachel Minkin and Julia Horwitz said in a Parenting in America Today, released on Tuesday, Republican and Democratic parents are about equally likely to say it's at least very important to them that their children share their political beliefs. 
data for parenting in America today came in from 3,757 U.S. parents with children younger than 18, which was collected as part of a larger survey conducted from September 20th to October 2nd, 2022, to better understand how American parents approach parenting. Only 40% of black parents and 39% of Hispanic parents in the study told researchers that it's extremely or very important to them that their children share their religious beliefs. That share is even lower among white and Asian parents, where only 32% say it's important that their children share the same religion. Results of the survey of nearly 10,000 young people aged 13 to 25 said of their religious beliefs, practices, behaviors, relationships, and mental health published last October by Springtide Research Institute in the State of Religion and Young People 2022. Mental health, what faith leaders need to know. It was found that during the pandemic and subsequent lockdowns, 53% of respondents reported that mental health was their biggest challenge, yet only 34% reported being comfortable talking about their struggle with adults. Some 57% said new spiritual practices helped them endure the pandemic, and more than half, 51%, said they turned to prayer. Others turned to activities like reading, yoga, the arts, or being in nature. The study found that while religion and spirituality can, quote, be strong antidotes to much of what contributes to mental health struggles among young people, and that people who are religious are better off mentally and emotionally, only 35% of respondents said they connected to a religious community. Respondents connected to a religious community were found to be more likely to say that they were flourishing a lot in their mental and emotional well-being, 29%, than those not connected to a religious community, at 20%. Respondents who say they are very religious were more likely to report that they are flourishing a lot, 40%, compared to those who say they are not religious, 17%. Respondents who are not religious were more than twice as likely to say that they are not flourishing, 44%, than very religious respondents. The study appeared to confirm decades of previous research pointing out to a positive relationship between religion, spirituality, and mental health. And that was from Christianity Today. All the more reason to send your kids to New St. Andrews College. Today's culture shifts like sand, but New St. Andrews College is established on Christ, the immovable rock. It is a premier institution that forges evangelical leaders who don't fear or hate the world. Guided by God's word, they take the world back because they're equipped with the genius of classical liberal arts and God-honoring wisdom, thanks to a faculty dedicated to academic rigor and to God's kingdom. Find out more at nsa.edu. That's nsa.edu, one of our corporate partners. And finally, it's time for my favorite topic, sports. It's been a while, right? 49ers Brock Purdy receives praise for keeping his faith in the picture ahead of NFC title. San Francisco 49ers rising star Brock Purdy is on the brink of making history. The quarterback could become the first rookie to lead his team to a Super Bowl appearance. He's the latest rookie quarterback to guide his team to a conference championship. And while Purdy has won each of the seven games he's started, he's receiving praise for another reason, putting faith first. The former Iowa State standout has been open about his beliefs. Reverend Franklin Graham, CEO of Samaritan's Purse and of the Billy Graham Evangelist, Evangelistic Association, there we go, was the latest to congratulate Purdy after his win over the Dallas Cowboys and noted his openness about his belief in God and Jesus Christ. 
quote, they're now just one game away from the Super Bowl. In addition to being a super talented football player, I love the fact that Brock Purdy is so open about his faith in Jesus Christ, Graham wrote Monday in a Facebook post, adding that he was rooting for the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. In the days leading up to the game against the Cowboys, Purdy explained to reporters how he was just trying to stay in the moment amid all the attention swirling around him and his team. Purdy also opened up to Sports Spectrum in 2021 about his faith. He said that while at Iowa State, he asked God to forgive him for putting the sport he loved ahead of his relationship with God. Living to you know, be set apart, you know, it's, it's easy to, yes, repent of your sins and um, be about Jesus, but you know, to know, hey, I can't keep doing this sin. You know, I've, I've acknowledged it. I got to move on. But um, to be on fire for the Lord and to walk with him, I think right now, man, I'm all about, hey, I'm living set apart from the world. People can think this about me or whatever. That's fine. The, the bottom line is for me, my identity is in Jesus. I get that. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to roll with that. But it's not, hey, I'm better than you. No. It's I'm called to do this. I'm called to witness. I'm called to share the word. I have this knowledge, you know, um, of the spirit and I want to give it to as many people as I can. So, yeah, that's, I think what God has taught me in the past year, um, I'd say I'm continuing to grow in that. And, um, man, I just want to I just want to be able to witness and defend the Christian faith as best as I can moving forward. So now Purdy is one more win away from an improbable appearance at the Super Bowl. This has been your Cross Politic Daily News Brief. If you like the show, go ahead and hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a club membership or for a magazine subscription, head on over to fightlaughfeast.com. That'll also get you a $100 discount on our conferences. Hey, ARC encounter anybody? Last but not least, if you want to send me a news story, if you want to ask about the ARC encounter this year, or if you want to become a corporate partner of Cross Politic, email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. For Cross Politic News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great rest of your day, and Lord bless.